Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, parents' evening can be tricky. You want to find out exactly how your child is doing, about their behavior, their strengths and weaknesses and how you can help them to improve and develop. And you've only got 10 minutes to gather all that information and ask all of your questions. Sometimes you can come away feeling more confused than when you went in. But there are steps we can take as parents to help to get the most out of parents' evening for your child. Today I'm talking to Raj Mann, head teacher at Rena Academy in Great Bar. He has loads of practical suggestions on what families can do to prepare. And having that partnership between school, home, and, and of course, the child as well, that needs to be a strong partnership, so the child needs to hear exactly what's being said. Welcome back to Brummy Mummies. My name is Zoe Chamberlain. I'm a journalist, author, and mum. My goal is to share with you tips and advice from the experts on how to juggle family life and everything that comes with it. Before we dive into this week's episode, be sure to subscribe to Brummy Mummies on your podcast streaming app, to make sure you never miss an episode. So now let's find out more about how we as parents can get the most from parents' evening and in turn help our kids to be the best they can at school. Hi Raj, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Hi Zoe, how are you? Are you okay? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very, very well, thank you. Good. So we're talking all about parents' evening and how parents can really make the most of it. It feels like you have such a short amount of time. What can parents do to maximise that that time? Yeah, definitely. So I, I would definitely agree that um, it is a very short space of time. But parents, we always advise to try to prepare as much as possible um, beforehand. So um, firstly, speaking with your child around um, their subjects, what their strengths are, um, what areas that they need to develop in. Um, and then going into those um, parent evening meetings and appointments with like a pre-prepared plan almost. So um, you're actually asking questions, which, for example, um, if there were was an area of development in maths, for example, something around trigonometry, then you can actually ask the teacher in that short space of time. Um, but I also advise as well parents to make sure you've got a notepad with you as well. So you've got your pen and paper. So anything being said that you can note it down. Um, but my advice would always be to prepare as much as possible. So what, what other things could we do to prepare apart from talking to um, our children? What, what Should we actually come up with some questions? Are there maybe three questions that you could ask each teacher? 
Yeah, definitely. I think in, in terms of like preparing, um, a lot of schools now, like here at Arena, we have a an app which we share information with all of our parents. So for example, um, we have um, behavior points, um, we, we share um, rewards information, we share attendance, uh, punctuality information with our parents. So um, that's live data that's available to all parents. So it's always a good idea to have that handy. So you've, you've looked at that data. So for example, if you've noticed that a lot of um, behavior points are maybe coming from one subject, you could then maybe pose those type of questions to that subject teacher. Um, but coming back to three key questions, um, I would say the first one would be around what do you think my child's strengths are um, around the topics that have been taught. Um, second one would be what does my child need to do to improve? Um, and the third question I think would really be something about how can I as a parent help my child at home and how can I support my child at home as well? Um, and I'm a parent myself, so I've attended many of these parents' evenings on the other side as a parent. Um, and, and I tried to take my own advice where we would plan as much as possible, we'd prepare ourselves as much as possible, speak to my child as much as possible, then actually go in with, with three or four questions which are going to be quite key, making sure that we get the most out of that short space of time. So would you, do you think it's useful to take in the child's school report as well? I know from my experience, I've sometimes sat in parents' evening and they've said, oh, he's brilliant, he's doing really well in school. And then I kind of look at his report and say, well, these, these attainment grades don't really reflect that. So do you think that's quite useful to have that to talk about? Most definitely. Uh, and again, a lot of schools will send those reports out beforehand. Um, so take that report in with you. Um, and again, I mean, a lot of our parents, what they do is they'll, they'll annotate those reports um, and then come into school and then they will ask questions based upon upon the report. But yeah, definitely a good idea to take those reports in with you. And if there is that discrepancy in terms of um, there's a difference between what's being said verbally um, and what's on the actual report, then of course, speak to the speak to the subject teacher. Yes. So is it a good idea for uh, the child to attend with you as a parent? Yeah, I, I definitely advise that. And here, and again, I know that many schools have different um, policies around this, but I would strongly advise that your child attends because you want your child to take ownership for their learning. So I think it's very good that they actually hear that because you want them to grow. Um, and having that partnership between school, home and, and of course, the child as well. Um, that needs to be a strong partnership. So the child needs to hear exactly what's being said um, by the subject teacher. So then they, of course, can improve on the areas that they, um, that the teacher has highlighted. So definitely a good idea to take your child in with you. Yes. I know sometimes parents complain that the information they're given feels a bit too generic or not specifically about their child. What could be done to help with that? A um, couple of things, really. So, um, Again, a lot of good schools, what they tend to do is rather than just giving a simple grade um, around um, attainment, they will break it down. So um, I'm just thinking about mathematics. Um, if uh, we have something called PLC reports, which are personalized learning checklists, um, and the way that works is you would have all the different topics which are taught in mathematics um, and we color code them. 
Um, so green will be all the areas which your child is doing well in um, and red or amber would be areas that they need to work in. So it could be the case of where, for example, um, it could be a red in geometry um, and then a green in trigonometry. So that's clear that you need some more work um, in geometry. So I think it's always useful if there are some vague sort of generic sort of comments, just bringing it back to almost like a forensic sort of style um, of of kind of like, really drilling into it um, around what does my child exactly need to improve on. But again, a lot of schools have have those sort of um, reports available to parents. And again, um, any comments like um, child is lazy or, or, or anything like that, there shouldn't really be um, those sort of comments made. However, um, again, it's always useful to break that down. Um, does my child distract other children? Um, is my child easily distracted? Um, does my child engage in um, class discussions, debates? Um, does my child um, respond articulately when um, speaking to the subject? How do they get on with the peers? All those sort of questions. And again, it comes back to just being prepared. All those sort of questions. We'll try and break down those those vague sort of comments and be more forensic with what you need to know. Yes. Yeah, that's helpful. Yeah, I, I was. I remember back to when I was at school, and we would dread comments like "lazy" or "talks too much," um, or "not likely to amount to much." I'm guessing those phrases aren't really used much today. So, how do you inform parents if actually that is the case? Do you kind of do it in a more positive way? Yeah, of course. Every all of our teaching staff members, and I'm sure this is happening up and down the UK with all all schools where. We give training to our staff members about how to deliver the key messages. And it's a bit like how you said, Zoe, where because you do have such a short space of time, you want to make sure that you've made the most of that time. Um, so our teachers are actually trained on, of course, you always start off with those strengths. Every child will have positives and those areas of development. And again, notice I'm not saying negative or I'm not saying, you know, weaknesses. It's that terminology which a lot of good schools use. Those areas of development, um, they're given to the parents in a verbal way. But more importantly, how we can turn those areas of development into strengths. So giving clear targets. Now, the targets should be um, written in reports. However, I know a lot of schools have done away now with um, written type of reports. So um, when you actually have targets, when you don't have any targets down as a written report, then those teachers will be given those targets uh, verbally. Hence why, coming back to my point about always make sure you've got your notepad with you as well, um, just writing down what the teacher says. Yes. How important is parents' evening for teachers? Is it is is it really important for parents to be part of the process? Oh, d- Zoe, I would say it's it's very, very important. Um, and of course, when, when previously we've had lockdown and all the other things, even then where many schools, we, we resorted to virtual types of parents' evenings. So it was all done via Zoom or done via Teams. Um, but now we're coming, of course, coming out of that, a lot of the parents' evenings now, well, here at Arena, they're all face-to-face. Um, but that that relationship, that partnership, has to be very, very strong. Um, 
And here at Arena, it's something that we really try our absolute utmost best to to communicate with parents, to get them involved in their um, child's education as much as possible. Um, as much as even to go far as saying, we, we try to invite our parents into school as well to, to get involved in different types of learning sessions for them. Like um, some of our parents um, may want to come to school to learn about different IT um, facilities. Some parents want to come in and read with their child. Um, so we try to involve parents and carers as much as possible, um, which I, I think is very, very important. Yeah, technology has advanced so much within the classroom, hasn't it? That it, it seems now that you can get more of an impact just by looking over your kid's shoulder as they're doing their homework through different programmes where they're, they're being tested constantly. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's, there's so many programmes now, which um, I'm sure a lot of schools are using. Um, and the children tend to prefer that way sometimes. Um, as you know, children, we're, we're living in that digital age now where children are on their phones or they're on their uh, mobile devices, iPads. And so we try to, to we, we try to use that to our advantage. So, for example, we have a program called Reading Plus um, where children will access um, a program called Reading Plus. And what they will do is they will read um, different type of stories, fiction, nonfiction, um, online, and then they can choose and then they're given reward points based upon that. That information then is also shared with parents as well. Um, so programs like definitely do help. But nevertheless, let's not take away the fact there's nothing wrong with picking up a book as well um, and reading those books as well. So there's got, there has to be that balance, um, I think, between the both those online programs and, of course, the traditional methods as well. Yes, yeah. So are there certain areas that you'll always talk about during a parents' evening? Yeah, of course. Um, always talk about curriculum in terms of what's, what's being delivered um, and also what is going to be delivered for that academic year. However, I would always advise parents as well, that information will always be available on every school website, um, but it's always useful to know. Um, secondly, um, we will always talk about behaviour and attitudes. Um, so in terms of how um, the child is responding in classroom, um, what their behaviour uh, may be like in the classroom as well. Um, form tutors would also talk about general behaviour around the school, possibly during unstructured times, break, lunch times during form time. And also let's not forget as well on the way to school and on the way home from school as well. Um, it's important points that I know a lot of our teaching staff and form tutors will also talk about. And the third part would be around the actual academic um, side. So a bit coming back to that example that I used around mathematics, they will then talk about, look, we've delivered these topics. Your child is, has done exceptionally well in these these topics here. However, there are certain areas where we still need to um, work on. And these are now the targets that we are setting for your child. Yes. So what do you do if a child's working really hard, but maybe not achieving good results in their schoolwork or their exams? So, so with that, um, there will always be a plan created. So if a child's underachieving um, in a certain area, um, there'll always be a plan. And on that plan, it will be very clear around, will there be after school sessions um, offered for that child? Will there be reteach um, Topics, what I mean by that is we're in the classroom 
Um, the subject teacher will then go over, um, say if it is geometry, will go over that topic again. Um, on that plan, there could be where um, you have external tutors or internal tutors who work with um, the child as well, just to plug in those those knowledge gaps. But every school uses those those plans um, just to make sure that children aren't slipping in terms of their academics. And what do you do if you get a really pushy parent? You must come across them sometimes. <laughs> I wouldn't so I wouldn't really say pushy parents. We get parents where I mean, it's their child. I can remember with my when I'm going to my parents my parents even for my child, it's you're passionate, you are you you want you you want your child to do their absolute best. So those parents and, and all of our staff, and I'm sure all, all schools do this, we understand, we don't really use the phrase pushy parents, it's more around those parents are, are the care about their child's education. So we will do, um, it's coming back to that point I made around partnerships. So we will do whatever we can to make sure there's a strong partnership between home and, and school. Um, but parents wise, in terms of if there are, sometimes we have parents where, um, because it is sh- such a short space of time, um, at parents' evening, there may be further questions that they may have. Um, they then can um, have a meeting with the head of year um, or they can have a meeting with the senior leadership team uh, members or they can have a meeting with the head teachers as well. So um, I'd, I'd possibly say it's not probably not pushy parents. It's more parents who really want to know information about their child um, and, and, and there's different avenues that they can use, heads of year, SLT, or head teachers. So what happens if a child's achieving great things, but the parents are still asking for more additional homework for them? Would you say that's a good thing to do? Or is it can it be kind of too much sometimes? I think again, Zoe, it comes back to um, the, that kind of like forensic style of whatever the areas of development are. Um, and I think, and I'm sure parents understand this way, um, teaching staff members, of course, are um, the experts in their field. So therefore, um, if a child is underachieving, it's not just always the best case of we're just saying, oh, I'll tell you what, we're going to give some more homework. It doesn't quite quite work like that. Every child is, of course, different. Um, sometimes it could be the child's lacking in confidence um, in, in a certain area. Um, it could be that the child will respond um, very well in a one-to-one sort of setting. It could be that they respond better in a in a group environment. Um, but it's again coming back to that plan and what works for that child. It's not just about setting uh, more homework. However, some children do respond very well um, with setting more homework. But it, it's got to be unique to that to that child. Do you think it's important for children to have extracurricular activities, um, things that they do outside of school? And do you want to know about that from parents during parents' evening? Most definitely. Um, it's it's so important. So I do believe that schools, yes, of course, is about um, the academic studies and um, GCSEs and A-levels and so on. And they, all, of course, they open up doors for children and improve their life chances. But also it says schools have a very important job of really educating children to ensure that they're a well-rounded citizen. So in terms of having respect, having manners and and all the other things, which of course it's being taught at home as well, but reinforced 
at school as well. Um, and extracurricular activities, every school, I'm sure, they have an extensive program. I mean, here at Arena, we have clubs on at break time. We have lunchtime clubs. We have after school clubs. Um, and it's just lovely to see so many of our students attending um, those clubs. Just give you an example. Every lunchtime, um, we have four um, professional coaches come in to school um, or we have boys football, girls football, netball, um, basketball. And that's happening every single lunchtime. And again, it's just lovely to see the children um, playing together um, and enjoying something that, that, of course, that they're very, very interested in. Um, and then after school, we have, again, various different activities. We've got reading club. We've even got Gaelic football. Um, so there's, a, there, there's a, an extensive um, list of different clubs. But the, the way we do it here um, is we actually ask the kids, ask our students when they first start to say, look, what clubs would you like? And then we will try our absolute best to try and match it with those um, that what, what they put down on the list. Um, and also what, again, a lot of schools will do is very interesting um, that schools need to know what what the children are, have been done or what they've done previously in terms of clubs. Um, so when children start here in year seven, um, coming from year six to year seven, we actually survey the parents and we survey the children to, just to find out what sort of clubs that they're interested in. And there's some really interesting things like we've got children who are um, who are competing at, um, at, at a national level in gymnastics, for example, or we've got children who are professional chess, chess players. Um, and then, of course, what we would then do is try to use that information when they start here and then try to build on that. Um, and then, of course, encourage them to join our chess clubs or our gymnastic clubs as well. And then we can then try to um, develop them further. But yeah, extracurricular activities are are very, very important. That's good to know. So can you see sometimes that a child's home life is affecting their school life? And would you talk about this during parents' evening or maybe address it another time? So, um, yes, of course. It, Look, life can throw various different obstacles your way. Um, children are no different. Um, children sometimes react quite quite different and deal with it differently. So sometimes they don't know how to regulate or manage their emotions. And again, that's where we would help parents. We would help families. Um, and, 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 and obviously always ensure that the child comes first. Um, sometimes there have been cases of where children's um, home life is having an impact on um, their education. Now at parents' evenings, it wouldn't really be the subject teacher who would touch, who would really go into depth with that. That would normally be a senior member of staff um, or a pastoral member of staff. But again, it's done more on a, on a supportive, in, in a supportive type of manner rather than a, well, what's going on? What's, what's happening? What can we do to support your child? What can we do to support your family? Um, and then we would then use that information. Um, and many schools use external organizations. Um, we've got in-house counselors um, where many of our students, we've got counselors, which we actually have parents coming into school and, and their families are coming in and off and using those um, counselling services, um, but 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 yeah, it, it there are it does have an impact, of course, definitely. But schools are there to help and support 
families through that. So I'd advise parents, look, if you are having those difficulties and you've got some challenging um, times at the moment, please do speak to your school. Um, I'm sure that they will do whatever they can to try and help and support you. That's reassuring. Thank you. So what should a parent do if they come away feeling confused after parents' evening? Okay, um, definitely make sure you got your notepad with you and write down what, of course, that further questions or further answers that you are looking for. Um, and it's a bit like what I said before, there will always be different avenues that you can pursue in terms of getting the information. So you could maybe book a one-to-one appointment with the head of year. Um, you could book an appointment with, if it's, for example, um, something, uh, a, a, a worry or you want further information about um, extracurricular activities, possibly, there will always be a senior leader who's got responsibility for that area. So first instance would be head of year. Um, second one would be that senior member of staff that has responsibility for that area. Um, and then, of course, then you've got the, the head teacher as well that you can um, contact. And again, all good schools will have all the contact details available on their website. So either pick up the phone or um, just drop an email. I would advise parents, though. I think sometimes parents um, will go into school, which, of course, is is fine. But um, teachers, senior members of staff, we, we're busy in terms of teaching, of course, classes. So sometimes parents, um, you won't always get seen if you just pop into school. So it's always best to pick up the phone first um, or drop an email, make an appointment, and then also give information about what is it exactly that you need information on. Um, That will then help the senior member of staff um, or the head of year just to come prepared to that meeting as well. And what about if your child has special education needs? Is it worth trying to make an appointment to see the SEN leader on parents' evening as well as all the subject teachers? Yes, most definitely, Zoe. So every school, um, we have what we call a SENCO. Um, so the SENCO is the SEND lead. Um, and every, at every parents' evening, you will always get the SEND team who will have a desk and would have um, appointments as well. So always a good idea um, to, if your child does have a special educational need, um, have a look at what what the SEND team are doing, have a look at what they're offering for your child and what, what sort of support is going in for your child with regards to that. So that's been really, really helpful. Thank you so much for joining us today, Raj. Are there any other tips or suggestions that you would offer to parents? Um, the only other one to possibly mention is, uh, books. So remember, I think it's always, if you have that opportunity, I mean, here at Reno, we always try to do that as much as possible. When you're going into the school, um, try to have a look at the actual environment of like inside the classroom where your child is actually taught. I think that's really good tip. Second one as well. So books wise, um, try to have a look at your child's books. Um, what, what, what's the quality of the work like? What's their presentation like? What, what's the quality, um, in terms of any diagrams that they may have drawn and, and all those type of things. And it's always useful to, to compare those books. So you can, sometimes we pick up books here, um, and you can see that, for example, in subjects that they really enjoy. So if a child really enjoys English, but doesn't enjoy maths in English, the presentation of the work is like immaculate, but then maths, you can see, there's a bit of work that needs to be needs to be done. Of course, the teachers will be addressing that, 
but it's useful as well for parents to see that for themselves and then they can also address it at home. And of course, the opposite, the the flip side of that is praise your child if they're doing really, really well in, in certain subjects. So my advice would be definitely try as much as possible to try and see as many books as possible. That's a really good idea, yeah. Because I guess subject teachers don't necessarily see other subjects' um, books, do they? So that is quite quite useful. And I thought when you said books, I thought you were going to talk about reading, actually. Is it really important for parents to encourage their child to read at home? Oh, in terms of um, just improving in terms of English-wise, um, I would say it, it has such a huge impact, such a huge impact. And um, specifically boys, um, a lot of boys, um, data shows that they don't really enjoy reading as much. So um, I know schools, I mean, like here at Arena, we're trying to promote that love of reading, um, trying to get a culture of reading amongst amongst boys and girls um, and parents to support that as much as possible as well. Like I said before, we're children are online on their iPads or their their phones. Ideally, if they can be reading every single day, um, and I know it might sound much, but even just half an hour a day um, reading, it will it will the the impact in their English. You will you will see that impact. So, is there a secret to getting them to love reading when they don't? <laughs> I think so. You know, speaking to your child about what books that they enjoy, the topics that they they like. Um, my my youngest, um, he's currently in year six now, um, and he loves cars. Um, so we, we've bought lots of books and lots of material, even magazines where we're getting them to, to, to read as just as much as possible. And I would recommend just having a routine, um, and a structure. And yes, you will always get a bit of battle at the beginning oh daddy i don't want to read now you know but once they get into that structure into that routine so i have a structure at home um half an hour just before bed bedtime there's going to be that reading time um and now it's lovely to see when my son just picks up the book himself i don't need to battle um he does it himself picks it up and starts reading and then um the next day we can follow up with a couple of questions about us what did you read what did you find interesting but just those simple questions really do go a long way. Um, just showing, of course, an interest in what your child is reading and what they're doing. That's been really helpful. Thank you so much for joining us today, Raj. You're welcome, Zoe. Some great suggestions there from Raj that will hopefully help make your next parents' evening as useful and productive as possible. This podcast is a laudable production produced by Matt Millard and brought to you by Brummy Mummies and Birmingham Live. If you enjoyed this episode, why not subscribe to Brummy Mummies on your favourite podcast streaming app? We have lots of educational episodes on everything from choosing the right school and helping your child to settle in to encouraging them with their homework and guiding them through revision and exams. Be sure to follow Brummy Mummies on social media for lots more family information and you can sign up for our free newsletter via the Birmingham Live website. See you next time.